Hey guys, this is Nirmal Bhansali and you're listening to the Curiosec podcast, a place where we ask questions to people about the way they're navigating through their lives and careers. In this episode, I speak to Aditya Nag, who is from the second batch of NLU Jodhpur and he is right now living in Toronto. He works at Microsoft as the industry marketing lead there. I had a wonderful time speaking to Aditya. It was really interesting to know about the way he developed his passion for technology and chose to pursue it after law school. So without much further ado, here's the show. Hey Aditya, welcome to the Curiosec podcast. I'm really happy that you're here. Hey Nirmal, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here and uh, thanks for like putting me on this podcast. Excited to, uh, about it. So I would like to go back in time. So around, let's say a few, a couple of decades for you at least. Uh, could you tell me a bit about where you grew up? How was your childhood like? Sure. So I grew up in Jaipur, which is not too far away from where you are right now in Jodhpur. So I spent most of my early years in Jaipur, though I, I spent some of my really early years in Calcutta. So I have a mix of both Calcutta and Jaipur in me, I suppose. And I think my childhood uh, has influenced my life in many ways. In science. in some ways, I'm still quite a quite a childlike person, I suppose. <laughs> but I think the thing that it, that's, that strikes me the most about that is I was always a curious kid. So growing up, I was a kid who, you know, I took apart things. I took apart radios and TVs and everything that I could put my hands on. And usually they didn't work after I tried putting them back together again. But uh, as I grew old, <laughs> I learned how to take things apart without breaking them. And also the other thing that I, so I, I still have that kind of curiosity and I, you know, I do a bunch of things because of that. And the other thing that has stood me in good stead through my life till date, and it it's a habit I picked up very early on when I was quite young, was I read a lot. So oh. even as a young child, I used to read a lot. So I think those two things, curiosity and the love of books has, uh, kind of led me along a convoluted path to where I am now. Uh, how did you develop your interest in technology? Like, when did that take place? <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I don't remember. So the thing is, so I am uh, the younger brother of, so I have an elder brother. Okay. And he is about four years older than I am, three and a half years. So when I was about, you know, three, four years old, he was seven, seven and a half. So... Uh, as younger brothers tend to do, I would, you know, follow him around and want to do all the things that he did. So, so I ended up like, I would read the books that he's reading, even though, you know, he was, he's also a voracious reader, so he's advanced. And the technology bit, I really don't know when I, like, I, I, one of my really early memories as a young child is in, so this is Calcutta back in the, the eighties, right? So the, so the late eighties, maybe 89, something like that. Yeah. I, was, I was five years old or something. So uh, we had a lot of load shedding in those days in Cal. I, I still, I think they still have it. I don't know. Uh, and we had an inverter in the house. And I remember being super curious about, you know, like what is this magical box that the electricity goes and you know things work. So I was alone at home one day and I, I, I opened up uh, like I was just poking at the inverter and there was a little fuse thing. And I remember clearly, I'm, I'm lucky I didn't kill myself because I opened up the 
the fuse and I stuck my finger in accidentally or I don't remember and it, and it zapped me right yeah so that that was the first time I was I had a, a shock literally <laughs> so yeah so I mean I had I I've been I like I've been like that since I don't even remember I don't I have no idea where it came from but it's it's probably from my parents right but uh but yeah it's it's always been there so as you were growing up why did you choose law then uh during a time in india at like that time technology was really growing you had a lot of these engineering colleges coming up so how how did you make this decision of choosing law and getting into a law university well this it's actually a very uh simple story and in some ways it's almost embarrassing so i was as you so as you say i was like i was the, everyone in my family extended family friends all of that looked at me and said oh yeah i mean i was building electronic circuits when i was in 6th and 7th right and i i was i had a, i did a bunch of crazy shit so everyone was like oh okay you're obviously going to go into engineering right like that's yeah. obviously where you're going i mean i i we had a computer back in like 94 95 when most people didn't i was programming on it i was doing a bunch of weird stuff Whoa. but uh, the the answer as to why is quite simple i mean two things one unfortunately from i don't know maybe this has changed now in india it's been you know it's been a long time but back when i was in sort of 9 class 9 class 10 class you know the years when you're sort of figuring out that okay i'm going to study for iit or whatever and you know i had a bunch of friends who did that and they they went on to go into iit or whatever that time the the method of studying at the time unfortunately was all about rote memorization correct and you know you just sat and did numericals hundreds of numericals thousands of numericals you went to these tuition classes and paid lots of money where basically you wouldn't learn anything i mean you know so i'm not saying that you wouldn't learn but the focus of it was not learning science or learning physics or chemistry or mathematics or whatever it was do learn how to answer these questions don't un, don't worry if you don't understand why the answer came just learn how and you'll get into the college and you'll and i have never uh, done well with that in that kind of environment where for me i need to know the why i need to okay. understand the 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 problem so i decided not so i just made a decision when i was in i think the 10th or 11th when i you know i looked at it and i had friends who were doing it i said no i don't want to do this so uh so the law thing came about quite quite simply because uh, in the in class 12 when you know it was about time to say okay what am i going to do next uh yeah. one of my friends uh, he was so he i was at his house and he had this uh, you know law school brochure on his on his bed and it was uh, it was for nls bangalore right so and i was okay. i'd never heard of nls or law school or anything at the time because you know i was in class 12 i didn't you know we didn't really know much about what the heck law school was all about this is That's this true. is 2000 so 7 yeah. 18 years ago now so i asked i i picked it up and i was reading it i was like so you know what's so he's like oh yeah you know i'm taking this exam hey you should do and i was like sure why not so he said here i've got he happened to have an extra form so he said you take this one and you know and again this is i mean the internet was there but it wasn't like it is now yeah. where you could just you know everything's Correct. online right so we yeah. fill it up So so I took the exam and uh, I took the exam as a bit of a lark honestly I didn't I mean I studied a little bit of I didn't really study I just went uh, because I it never struck me as this could be an option okay but uh, so I took the exam and I my rank in for the NLS entrance exam I was 63rd okay so I don't know so NLS takes 60 people right so I was oh. third on the waiting list oh <laughs> and and so and again I had no 
clue about so i so essentially i didn't get into nls like i missed out yeah. so but then i realized that hey this is interesting and then i put some more thought into it i i had some friends who actually did get in and they went and this they the fact that law has a combination of both analytical thinking where you have you know you you analyze cases you and it it, so I, I was always good at debate in school and stuff. So it was one of my passions. So it it was a nice sort of summary of what my skill set was at the time. And I said, hey, this is something I could do and I, I enjoy it. And I don't really have to sit and do numericals. I can sit and read a, a thick book and understand it and just go go with that. Nobody has to, you know, Correct. sit on my head. And I think law school entrance exams have changed as well. But yeah. so then I, the next year I took NLU and NLS. And obviously, I didn't get into NLS that time. My rank was, I think, 150 or something, because that's okay. what happens, right? But NLU, I did get in, and yeah, uh, that's so. That's so. There's no, there's no like master plan. It just kind of everything just kind of happened. You were the part of the second batch, I think, of NLU Jodhpur. So, how was it like studying in a newly established college, one that hasn't really grown? So you don't really. It's a it's a completely new environment that is there. So, how was that experience like? It was really interesting. So yes, you're right. I was part of the second batch. And in some ways, we were almost, uh, well, I won't say the first batch, but we were like one batch because the batch prior to us, the first batch, there were only, I think, 42 or 43 of them. Okay. So it wasn't a full batch because, you know, obviously it was the first time the college was starting, blah, blah, blah. So when we joined, there were my like my batch, there were about 80 some of us. Uh, so, you know, so the first batch, like they were really happy <laughs> to have a whole, you know, because yeah. it's like 40 people spending a year together. There's not a lot of people. Right. So when we yeah. joined so very quickly, you know, we like we really blended in well with the senior batch. And, you know, we were like for the rest of the batches uh, that they came after us, we were like one batch. So that was one good thing. So, you know, we made some good friendships there. The other thing was uh, we didn't have any facilities. Like, like I spent my first year in college, we were sharing space with. Uh, uh, now I'm forgetting the name of the university. Uh, I forget. It's like it's one of those Jodhpur government university things. So we had one building there, and we. I remember my first classes were in a room which is about I don't know, 15 feet by 15 feet. With there were there was one window. There was no air conditioning or anything like that. And it was stiflingly hot, so much so that yeah. our vice chancellor taught a class. Like he was, our first vice chancellor was really good, uh, Professor Mitra. I mean, I'm sure the yeah. uh, current vice chancellor, I don't don't know him, but he was a visionary. Professor Mitra was the guy who set up uh, NLS Bangalore as well. Correct, so he, correct. He kind of, you know, he had a, an aura about him. So he came into class and he said, it's too hot, we need a window. So he literally got the wall broken to put a window in, you know. So the next Whoa. day, all of us are like in two days, there was a, a rough window because they came and smashed the wall and put a window. So it was very different. It was, it was, we, you know, we were staying in a hostel in the middle of the city. We have a sharing apartment. So, uh, and when we went, came to the campus in our second years, when we first came to this, the campus where you're at right now, uh, we had a couple of buildings were ready, but the, the academic block, ha, like a third of it was ready. It was, there was no football field. It was all just scrub and you yeah. know, wasteland that there were no trees. <laughs> there was, there yeah. was nothing. So it, it was quite a, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, because I mean, we were, we didn't really know any better, right? Like, it's not like yeah. something had been taken away from us. Like we saw it grow. So, so I, 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 I kind of like, I kind of liked it. And there was, because of everything was being created, all the systems, processes, procedures, tech, tech. Like I was, I did a lot of work in the, uh, at the IT committee 
and a lot of this uh, infrastructure, I believe, is still in place. Like uh, I remember being involved in the contracts for uh, buying the network switches, the, the laying the fiber optic cable, all of that, just because you know the guy, we were a law school, right? We didn't really have a lot of tech expertise. I was the closest thing they had to a tech expert. So well, I don't yeah. know who to thank now. So. <laughs> Well, I have, and I'm, this was a long time ago. I'm sure the infrastructure is like a million times better now. It should be anyway. That's true. You should come visit sometime. Yeah, I have another question. So regarding your decision to pursue law. So how did you then uh, continue, let's say, developing your interest in technology? Like what were you doing in college that were in sync with that? Uh, two things. So the first thing is I... Uh, this is going to again i'm feeling old now because i'm dating myself and you guys the, you know anyone who's hearing this is going to be like what but when i joined college i was i brought my computer with me so i had my and it was a desktop it wasn't a laptop right because this yeah. is 2001 right so 2002 whatever so so i actually packed up my crt monitor and tower and cabinet and stuff and, and brought it with me and that was unusual because when like when i it, it i had my computer from day one and Pretty much no one had a computer back then. And over the course of the semester, you know, more people bought computers as it became important. Yeah. So one thing was that uh, I, so I was always like, I, I used to read a lot about tech and stuff. So in college, I was, I was still doing that. And I was, you know, I was, I was taking apart people's computers and putting it back together. And I became sort of the de facto, IT it's guy. kind of funny now, but, but uh, not IT guy so much, but everybody would come to me, like if they are buying a computer, right. And you're, you're spending whatever, 30,000 rupees or whatever it is at the time, 25,000, 30,000. So, and you haven't, I mean, you got to remember that, that back at that time, a lot of people had, you know, we had used computers in schools and all, but it wasn't as common to have every house had three computers the way the way it is now. Yeah, so yeah. people would come to me and say, hey, this is the spec list that uh, the, the, the the assembler has given me. Can you just take a look and make sure it's okay, you know, how much RAM, how much hard drive, whatever. So so I, I started, you know, I was doing that. Then I was also into Linux and open source. Uh, and this oh. is kind of impo- important because it led me into well, almost where I am today right now. So I had, like I was running, my machines were running on Linux at the time. And for no real reason, simply because I enjoyed tinkering and I enjoyed figuring things out. And, you know, Linux at the time was, was it wasn't as, I guess it still isn't, but at that time, you know, you install Windows and you use Windows. Yeah. So the thing I liked about Linux was that I could modify it the way I want. The source was open. I would read the source code, you know, I even made, I mean, I, mean, I didn't really understand the source code, C++, C, whatever it was, but I did understand it enough to tweak it a little. Okay. So... I, in my third year, uh, I believe it was my third year or fourth year, I forget, middle, maybe in the middle of the third year, I was reading a website, uh, uh, linux.com, which is, which at the time was a big, I think it still exists. It's like uh, an open source labs website. So they, you know, they talk about Linux and I was reading an article and at the bottom of the article, there's a little thing that said, write for us and get paid. Okay. Uh, click here. So I, so I clicked the link and it said, we're looking for people who can write about Linux and, you know, send us a article idea. And we pay, uh, I think they said we pay our minimum for the minimum we'll pay you is $50 for an article. So again, I'm in college in Jodhpur in 2004 or something, 50 bucks at the, t- at the time translated about four, 5,000 rupees, uh, something like that. I don't remember, maybe 3,000. And no, it was less. It was like 2,500, but still it was like, Hey, that's free money. 
Yeah. It's, you know, Jodhpur costs were not that, we didn't have anything to spend anything on. We didn't have all the the restaurants and things that opened up during my time and much after. So, you know, you, you, the costs were low. So, yeah. so I was like, hey, this is this sounds good. And uh, I was kind of bored at, at law school because law school can be kind of boring. So I, I, so I wrote an article abstract and I sent it in. It was a review of, yeah. So, so I wrote this article and sent it in. And uh, yeah, they responded and said, yeah, this we like this article and we'll pay you $100 for it. So I was like, wow, that's pretty damn cool. So, so yeah, so I started. So then after that, I started writing uh, articles for Linux.com and branched out. So I became like a freelance journalist. And I would send in my articles every month or so. And because of that, I, I learned a lot because, you know, I was reviewing new versions of Linux. I was interviewing people from the open source community. I remember interviewing the creator uh, or one of the creators of OpenOffice. I, uh, and then the other guy I interviewed was this guy who, there was a BitTorrent client called Azarius or something. So he, it was written by a college student out of, I don't know, Cornell or something. So I interviewed him. So... So that really honed my skills that led to, that directly led to my, you know, what I did after law school. But at the time it was just, I was bored in law school, staying up late, not going to classes sometimes, you know, the usual, what you do in college, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a way to, you know, to, and Jodhpur was kind of dull. There, there wasn't much to do in a hot, you know, dusty place. So, so yeah, it worked out though. So what did you do after college then? So after, so in my last year of college, right, fifth year, I was, we were about to graduate and I was like, okay, now I need a job, right? Because, okay, it's been, it's been great colleges where I've had a lot of fun. I've done, you know, debates and this and that, but now it's time to, excuse me, go to the real world. So, so all my friends were obviously applying to and getting accepted into various law firms, you know, this, that, and the other as you know, we have our alumni network, your alumni network, rather, uh, your seniors are all over the place and doing really well. But I wasn't interested in going to work at a law firm because I had decided sometime in my, I think, third year or something that I don't want to join a law firm or even do, uh, you know, practice law as a lawyer because there were a bunch of reasons, you know, personal, uh, this, that and the other. But I basically decided that I'm going to finish law school and get my degree and do reasonably well, whatever. I, you know, I enjoyed the academic pursuit of it, but I wasn't interested in, you know, pursuing a career in law. So then, then, then the question comes, well, what am I going to do now, right? Like I'm graduating and my degree is in law, but I don't want to go work for a law firm. So, so, uh, so I was writing for <laughs> PC. Uh, I was writing for these, uh, these computer websites out abroad, right? So I said, okay, maybe I can look for something like that in India. And in my fourth year, uh, we had gone to Bangalore for Spiritus, the NLS competition. Yeah. So <coughs> to play basketball there, excuse me. And I that was my first time visiting Bangalore, and I really loved the city. I loved the 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 weather. I loved the fact that there was. I mean, I randomly walked into Blossoms Bookstore, and I was like, I need to live in this city because Whoa. Blossoms. As a as someone from Bangalore, you know what Blossoms is like. Yeah. I yeah. Hope. If it's still Definitely. around, it's still around, right? Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. there favorite spot yes yeah exactly so fundamentally walking into blossoms and just walking out and feeling like you know it was, it was 32 degrees and beautiful and i was like i need to live here in this city now i don't know how but i need to do it so so i went online and i i searched and i it turns out that this computer magazine pc world it's a, you know it's a big international magazine now of course all magazines are dead but pc world was a big deal at the time 
they were based out of Bangalore. So unlike uh, the other Indian magazines which ship uh, Digit, PC Quest, so PC Quest was uh, was in Delhi, Digit was Bombay. So, but but PC World was Bangalore. So I sent them an email. I said, hey, you know, I've, this is a link link to all my articles, and these are all published on various international websites. And you know, I'm graduating from law school next year, uh, next month, or in three months, whatever. And you know, I'm interested. Like, I'd like to work for for someone like like a company like yours. So I just sent that in, and they responded a few days later. And I got a call from whatever the senior editor or something, and he's like, "Oh no, we, you know, we got your resume and your and and it's it's obviously it's different, right? Isn't like a, a lawyer yeah. sending, you know, it's it's somewhat weird, right? And I've had that all through my career. So he calls me, he's like, "Hey, we'd love to interview you, uh, but uh, but you're in Jodhpur and we're in Bangalore, so." You know, maybe we can. Uh, I'll be coming to Delhi next month. Maybe we can. I said, no, no, no. I am coming to Bangalore because there's an Iron Maiden concert. So there's an Iron Maiden concert that I was attending. So I said, hey, I'm coming to Bangalore next month to see Iron Maiden. So you know, I can drop by. He's like, okay, cool. So so I did. I dropped by, and I had long hair and I was wearing like a Maiden T-shirt or whatever. So which works fine in the journalistic world. So you know, they gave me the job. So you spent some time in Bangalore. Then you chose to go abroad. Then, so why did you do mm-hmm. that? Uh, again, yeah, fairly. St- so I spent two years in Bangalore. From 2007, I, I graduated from college in 2007. I got I started working about a month after. I spent two great years in Bangalore. I mean, you know, I really enjoyed, I was, I was. It's a beautiful. It was metro construction hadn't started at the time when I first went to Bangalore so it was still not as crazy on MG Road the op- my office was on MG Road I lived in Indranagar so I had a great time but after two years of you know it was a mag it was a print magazine right yeah. so I mean how many print magazines do you see around you now right so that That's it was that. fairly obvious to me and again as someone like I've been following tech trends since like the mid 90s when I was I've been reading about it since like 93 94 right like when I was a child so it was obvious that Tech, print is dying. I mean, everyone knew that. It wasn't there was no no big insight there. And also at PC World, I did everything that I wanted to do. I wrote the cover story. I, I you know, I there was nothing. There was no growth left for me there. So after two years of doing that, I was like, okay, now I've reached a point where everything I do tomorrow will be just an extension of what I'm doing today. There's no more big milestone for me to to cross, right? And it was a well-paid. I mean, it was nowhere near as well-paid as as my friends in law firms, like one fifth of what they were getting, maybe. I don't even know, but it was terrible. Like, but I lived in Bangalore; it was cheap. So then I was like, okay, what do I do next, right? So the my experience. So then it was like, okay, I've got a law degree and I've spent two years in journalism. If I try to get a job in India, it will have to be in some sort of journalistic. You know, it's like how do you get a how do you change careers? Like, how do you go from okay, I want I'm doing this, I want to go work for like I'm I'm at Microsoft now, right? Like, how do you do that? So I, I looked at it and I said, okay, the way to do that, and a lot of people in my family have studied abroad, you know, done their masters, whatever, here and there. So I said, okay, I want to now go and do an MBA because that made sense for for me with a, with a law degree. I didn't want to do an LLM because obviously I'm not interested in, in being a lawyer per se. I didn't yeah. I didn't have any. I'm not, I wasn't going to do a master's in any technical field because I obviously didn't have the background for that. So I said an MBA is a good uh, mix for me because it combines both you know, legal and analytic skills as well as present, a lot of things, right? And, and it turned out to be a, a good decision. So so that's why. So I, I saw that PC world. So I, I, I quit my job. You know, obviously they were, it was sad. It was my first job. I love the people there. They were great people. And I was like, okay. But they also knew that, hey, it's, you're 
I was 26 or so at the time. They're like, yeah, it's now time for you to go do something else because you, you're not going to sit here writing articles about the latest laptop for the next 10 years. That's just not, yeah. doesn't make sense. So yeah, so then I applied to a bunch of colleges and uh, one of the criteria I had was I only wanted to do a, a one-year MBA, uh, quite simply because it's very, very expensive to do, you know, postgraduate studies abroad. You don't really get much grant money or scholarships or stuff. So I didn't want to come back with a loan of like one crore or something and then have to pay it back. So, so yeah, I ended up going to, to Halt in Boston. How was your experience studying there? So at Boston, it was really good. So that was the first time. And this is something that it's hard to explain. I mean, you, you're in your what second year of college right now, right? Yeah. I'm in my second year. And, and I'm assuming that your experience of the education system has been, yeah, I don't, I don't think you've studied abroad or anything like that, right? Like you, you went to school in India, good school, and then you're, now you're in a good college. So yeah, fairly basically so, that. So that is, yeah. So that is the paradigm that you know, and most people around you know, but it is hard to explain just how different it is if you go to a, a school abroad. And I, I don't know, like, you know, I, I went to, to Hult Business School in Boston. Uh, then I had friends who went, you know, here and then we, we, we would compare notes and it's, I'm sure you have this from people you've spoken to, but it is very refreshing to come to a place where, you know, the professors are real, they're high quality professors. They okay. are really focused on teaching you. And there was a very strong emphasis on you really, you guys need to understand what it is that we're teaching you, uh, you know, and if you understand it, the marks, will, nobody cared about marks or attendance. It wasn't a thing. It was like, you're an adult, you're 26, 27 years old. And there, you know, there were people in class older than me. If you don't show up for class, we don't care because you, you're paying us tons of money. We, you know, we'll take your money. There was, there was no, you know, there was nothing about you have to be here and you have to sub, you have to like, if you don't get 10 out of eight or 12 or whatever silly thing, it was all about, like I had professors, this guy, uh, he's a, he was a senior consultant who taught, he was from, he was an economist. He taught at Duke at Harvard. And then he, he was a senior consultant out of somewhere in Europe. And he was advising the boards of directors of companies like Bosch, the chemical company or, or Lufthansa, you know, like billion dollar deals. He, he was, he was putting up slides in front of us saying, you know, I was working with Lufthansa. I remember this. He was, I was working with Lufthansa and how to do. So that environment is very different. And, and being in Boston, I was close to MIT to Harvard. I was like next door. Right. So I got involved with a lot of clubs at MIT because, you know, as a tech geek, MIT was kind of like, Oh, I'm at MIT. I'm walking around. So even though I wasn't a student there or anything, but I made friends there and I got involved in various clubs and things and entrepreneurship competitions. So, so it's very different. It was, it was, it was, it was a fantastic experience. I, I, you know, I, it was formative. I loved it. And it really opened my eyes to a lot of possibilities that I hadn't considered before. So I think it was the right decision to to move when I did. And when did you, so did you have any consideration whether you wanted to come back to India? So how did you decide what to do next after finishing your uh, year at uh, Halt? This is very simple. And see, this is the thing that, so for people like you, in your, you're still in second year, so you still have some time, but your, your seniors who were in the fourth and fifth year, I'm sure that no, you have no idea what's going to happen, right? Yeah. There is a lot of uncertainty. There is like, okay, now I'm about to graduate in a year, six months, whatever it is. I don't know what to do. It's quite, it can be quite nerve wracking, you know, and I know there were, there were, I've had sleepless nights in law school, in, in business school where, you know, you're just sitting there thinking, what's going to happen next? You know, 
obviously depending on your family background like some people are lucky they come from you know established law legal backgrounds where then they have a clear path right they're like okay i'm going to join my dad and, and that's great some people have businesses that take them but you know my mom was a teacher i didn't have a family business or anything so so the anxiety was there even in business school right and i and i had like i don't know tens of lakhs of rupees that i had to pay back to the indian overseas bank so i had no i didn't know whether i wanted to come back or to stay i had not i had no fixed plan and if i had to come back i would have come back i mean I, you know i didn't really it's not like i left india because i hated it or anything like that i i but i knew i had put myself into a good position to change my career to move into a different uh, sort of job and career trajectory and if i hadn't got a job in the us i would have moved back to india and gotten a job in india doing i don't know something and i would have been fine so so the, the in summary i had no idea what i was going to do and even my job uh, so my first job out of law school was like me sending an email out and you know going for an iron maiden concert and getting hired right yeah. and my second job happened like out of out of business school i got a job because i was in class and we were doing a case study on the technology industry as it happened and you know obviously that was my thing right I, even in yeah. business school everyone was like this guy knows tech the business everything about it right so i was in class and this lady came as a guest speaker you know you guys have had this as well and i'm sure she was a senior vp at this big multinational company and she she was so she was talking to us about her business right and things and i was asking questions about it and i was like you know what what about this uh, how how do you respond to that competitive competitive threat at the time amazon web services had just launched and i was like you guys are directly impacted what are you doing about it so i thought nothing of it right i was like okay i asked a bunch of questions she answered great the next day my professor told me give her a call she wants to talk to you i called her up and she basically hired me on the spot she's like oh. would you want to work for us and i said uh, yes why would i not want to work for you because you know i mean come on you're in everybody in business school was worried about and so 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 that was it basically i got a job out of business school not because you know obviously my mba training all of that that was great but the fundamental reason why i got a job is because when i was 8 or 10 years old i was reading pc quest and i knew all about the 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 transformation of the tech industry over the you know the, the preceding 20 years so 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 whatever it is that you're interested in whatever it is that you like doing you should you know you should do that and you never know where life will take you but if you have a passion if you have something that you're interested in and you follow it and you're not afraid of you know change good things happen at least you know in my case it's a bit of survivorship bias of course but hey that's i survived so i'm i'm happy what uh, what sort of problems did you face any problems like any hurdles in your initial works uh, initial years of working in a different country away from home so how was that like well well yes but you know nothing i mean the this is common to and i know dozens of hundreds of people right who who've been through some so it's nothing that extreme right like obviously everyone has everyone's individual experience is their own individual experience right the way i was treated or i i the issues that i faced will be different from let's say if you if you go abroad and you do your studies there whatever but there was nothing significant i was lucky in some ways right i went to massachusetts for my for my mba so uh boston is a great massachusetts is a great state it's full of colleges international students it's you know it's it's very liberal I, the, the i'm in these days everybody in the world knows about the us political system so you know massachusetts was is a very calm and peaceful sort of a place 
and I didn't have any particular issues. Obviously, there are certain cultural differences. There are certain nuances that you learn about, you know, working in India, working in, in the US. Uh, but I was lucky in a lot of ways because in India, I was working for an American company. So even though obviously everyone around me was Indian or whatever, but the culture, the like the pro- procedures we followed, the, the general expectation was all similar to what I was used, you know, what I had seen at IDG Lab, IDG Media in, in Bangalore. Uh, and then, you know, the tools and processes were not that different. So, so no, I didn't, and I didn't really face any major, like, you know, I don't want to make it sound like, yeah, there were some small things here and there, but fundamentally, as long as you're, you, you go in with your eyes open, knowing that this is a different culture, things are done differently here and you ask questions and you're willing to learn. It's not that hard. And, you know, millions of people are, have done it and been successful. So it's no big deal. So what is it that you exactly do currently? Like, what is your job profile? Like, how would you explain what your typical day is like? How would I explain what I do to a lawyer? Huh? Uh, <laughs> let me see. So so I am I am currently working for, for Microsoft, uh, which is actually really cool because, again, as a kid growing up, Microsoft was like the tech company, right? In the 90s, yeah. Google and all didn't even exist, right? So Microsoft was it. So now I'm, now I'm actually working at Microsoft. And I've only been at Microsoft for like, a month now so it's it's a brand new job for me so it's kind of exciting but uh, what i do at microsoft is i'm in canada uh, uh, based out of toronto and i i'm in marketing and what i do is i am in in microsoft terms i am the imc lead for commercial so what that means is in the country of canada my my portfolio so microsoft has strategic priorities across the world where they've decided to focus on a few particular segments where they say so for example the retail industry, the manufacturing industry, and the financial services industry, and government and healthcare. So these are the five verticals that Microsoft focuses on. And so if I'm if you're marketing to a manufacturing company and you know you hey use these Microsoft products and services to do this whatever it is that you do. So my job uh, my portfolio is retail, manufacturing, and finance, and all marketing activities that are targeted at, the, at these three vertical segments basically is goes through me that's that's so i will set up like i will figure out how to engage with uh, a large bank uh, you know well canadian superstores like loblaws and all and say how do you get these guys to consume more microsoft products and services so it's it's a vertical specific marketing which is this is all now business school talk but fundamentally i go to the go to these industry i work with these industries and to you know help them consume more of microsoft products and services okay so you mentioned that so, this was a new shift like you joined recently to microsoft so where were you before so what did you do before that so i mentioned that so i did my mba out of boston right so i was hired out of business school by uh, by this company called emc Okay. Uh, and EMC is a, it used it. It was uh, Dell bought EMC last year uh, or two years ago now in the largest tech transaction of all time for and they paid sixty seven billion dollars for it. Okay. So, but I was an EMC person, right? I, I mean, I, I haven't really like when I tell people they're like, oh, we know Dell because most people know Dell, but I never really worked at Dell. You know, I was an EMC employee. So EMC was the world's leader. It still is, I think in storage so when you have a just a short example when you have a bank like hdfc in india or an hdfc has to store you know petabytes of data right so that is typically stored on emc hardware so emc has across the globe 
any big bank, any big uh, hospital, law firm, they use EMC. It's really expensive storage hardware. So that, and there's a whole bunch of other things around which I won't get into. So I spent six and a half years at EMC doing marketing of one sort or the other. Like I did a bunch of different things. And uh, fundamentally, I was, I mean, the, the, the reason I moved away from that company was uh, essentially I moved to Canada. And then when I moved to Canada, I was like, well, let me look at, you know, I'm 35 now, mid-career, looking at how I can grow further. So one thing that I like to do is change things up every once in a while. So I looked around, I found this job, applied for it, got it, and, you know, now I'm at Microsoft. So, so yeah, it's it's different but similar. So I was doing the similar kinds of things in enterprise marketing, talking to the same kind of companies, but it's Microsoft is a much bigger, like EMC's uh, yearly revenues were $20 billion, and we were about 45,000 people. Microsoft's yearly revenues are around a hundred billion dollars, and Microsoft's about two hundred thousand people. So it's yeah. an you know it's it's all it's not exactly an order of magnitude larger, but it's much larger, which which is kind of cool because you and I are talking right now, and you may be using you're using a Mac, I think, and I'm using a, a PC, and I've used a Mac, and I have every kind of machine, but fundamentally a lot of the technology like the world still runs on on microsoft Not technologies microsoft. in yeah. many ways i mean not the internet because that runs on linux and bsd and apache and all of that so it's kind of cool to work for for this kind for this kind of company so so yeah that's what i did i worked for emc dell bought us and i moved to canada and i got a job with microsoft simple actually you know it's not it's not that hard yeah yeah i seem to notice that uh, so having worked been in this industry for like quite some time now what what do you constantly look forward to uh, something that let's say gets you out of bed every day so that's not specific to my job right like my i like i love my job it's a great job i've i've enjoyed like all the jobs that i have i've really had fun but the reason that I've enjoyed my jobs and I like my jobs is because I get out of bed every day with a sense of, hey, what's the cool new thing I'm going to learn today? And that could be anything, right? That could be related to my work. That could be related to my hobbies. It could be related to something new, a new book that I'm reading. So the the thing that drives me more than anything else is a feeling of, yeah, I'm curious about the world. I'm curious about things. I like learning things. I like, you know, I don't feel that there's within reason right i don't uh, i don't feel like there's anything that i can't learn and again i say within reason because i don't expect that i'm going to go and become for example a molecular biologist right because, like there are some things that you have to spend a long time studying and, and have a natural affinity for and things like that so i'm not going to be a heart surgeon tomorrow and i mean i'm not s- silly but at the same time i don't think like if i if i wanted to learn about i don't know some sort of advanced mathematical thing i feel like and i've this is something that has changed. Like when I was in college, it didn't feel like that because one of the things you learn as as you grow a little is that a lot of things that you think are very difficult are actually not that difficult if you approach them with, "Hey, let me. Okay, I don't I don't know how to do how to do this thing, but let me start here and slowly work my way towards it." And if you approach it with that mindset of, "I'm I'm okay with the idea of failing as long as I'm learning," then then you know that works for me. That's that's what gets me up in the morning. That that's I mean, I hope that I can keep that going. So, so it's not really related to my job, but what keeps me motivated is basically just there's so much to learn out there. Like, for example, I'm a, a couple of years ago, so I was always interested in radio, right? Like radio communication. Yeah. And I realized that hey, I'm sitting in in the US where things are 
much cheaper and accessible. And I said, why don't I, uh, what about ham radio, amateur radio? So I became a ham radio. So you, you have to like take exams and you blah, 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 whatever. So now I'm a accredited ham radio licensed amateur. I'm a licensed amateur extra, which is sort of the highest level of it. Oh. So I am authorized, legally authorized to operate radio equipment and talk to people all over the world. So I bought some secondhand radios and I you set them up and I chatted with people over the airwaves like this is like 1950s tech or whatever but it's really it's still really cool to you know with nothing but a wire hanging out of your window i'm talking to somebody 5000 miles away yeah and i did that you know not because i had to do it for my job or whatever but just because it's fun so that's what keeps me going just you know learning new stuff and being happy uh looking back do you do you have you had any regrets of your decisions that you've made of any events that you might have probably wanted to do something else any regrets of sort you know not really uh, so yes maybe at the time like when i first joined law school maybe and all my like most of my close friends from school uh, they went to you know i one went to iit delhi then iit this iit that i you know, they were all they were all in freaking iits right and and i was sitting in in a windowless room in jodhpur the facilities weren't quite there etc yeah. so at the time sure there then throughout my life there have been you know places where i leave with change inevitably you look back and you say you know what if i had done this differently what if i had done that differently but fundamentally no i mean over the longer course of my career since let's say since i was about 15 16 years old right like deciding what to do next there's no uh, yes i'm i'm sure i could have done many things differently and life would have worked out very differently but i don't really have any regrets because again I, there's not much i mean it's fair there's nothing i can do right like fair, yeah it's done it's done if i can't really change it so yeah there's sometimes when you sit and think oh you know what if i had you know in law school i had done more moots and and you know and done that summer internship with azb or with whatever amarchand or whatever law firm <laughs> you know maybe i would have been a lawyer in in india right now but yeah whatever so so no i don't i don't really regret things like that the one thing i did regret is something i fixed <laughs> so uh so i i actually my so i married uh, somebody from law school Okay. Uh, my wife Aditi is about four years. She, when I was in my fifth year, she was in her first year, and that's when we first met. But we were just friends back then. It took a long time for me to realize, like it took many years for me to realize that I wanted to marry her, and I almost didn't for a bunch of very different reasons. But I'm I made sure I fixed that mistake, and we got married in 2014. And that was one of the that is like if I hadn't made that decision, my life would really have sucked. So. So there are some things that are very important that you need to focus on at the right time, and if you don't take the right step, then you're screwed. So yeah. Oh wait, first of all, belated congratulations, and <laughs> uh, so just one last question: uh, if you had to say something to your younger self, I mean, like I don't know, a teenager or like an eighteen-year-old of your past, is there something you would like to say? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think uh, so. Two things, uh, not just to my younger self, but any like anybody in your. I mean, you're still you're in your second year, but so 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 I mentioned that my mother's a teacher, right? So she retired as a teacher long many many years ago, right? In the I think 2005, 2006, she retired, or even earlier than that. But to this day, she has stood young boys and girls who come to her to learn, and she kind of she does this vague. People just, like kids just show up to sit at 
at the house and talk to her and ma'am can you help us with this or that or the other but fundamentally what they come for is because they are in a position where they don't you know they're they're teenagers they don't know where life is taking them and they they want to talk to somebody who understands that so i maybe i get that like i've seen her do that and i respect her immensely for that the fundamental thing that i would like to say to anybody or my myself my younger self or anyone at at this position where you don't know where you're going right is that firstly don't be afraid of change things change very rapidly in your early years right from the age of about 15 to about 25 things change very very rapidly and you don't know where you're where you're going to end up so don't be afraid of change secondly don't constrain yourself by thinking that there are things that you cannot do or there are possibilities that are close to you so sitting in india it's it was very difficult like i was sitting in i was sitting in india and i would read about mit and harvard and stanford and you know all the oxford cambridge whatever and it was very hard for a kid in jaipur or in jodhpur to imagine that you know hey i mean the people who go to mit must be like some sort of geniuses right like how do they get in and then you go there and i mean i didn't go to mit but you meet those guys and you realize that you know what they're not that different from you sure some of them are much smarter right like you can't even like i met people who are now billionaires right so but at the same time you're like these are human beings just like me and if i work hard and if i have a goal in mind i could do this as well so i think for people in in at a young age maybe in in cities and countries where it's difficult to to imagine yourself uh, you sort of set up un, unconscious boundaries for yourself and you say well i can only do so much so if you think that then yes you will only do so much but if you think big a little bit you know be realistic and make big goals for yourself you can achieve them that that really is something that i wish i had told myself when i was about 15 or 16 years old that the things that you you know don't think that oh i will never be able to do this because that is not true if you if you really pursue something good things will happen so i guess that's that's the only advice i have man i mean i don't really know anything right i'm just 35 i mean i know to you it feels like oh this guy's like old and decrepit and you know one foot in the grave and all <laughs> but i'm really not that old yeah yeah uh, well thanks a lot aditya that was really nice i i wish you luck like i mean like wherever it is that you are currently whatever it is that you do you're in a new job right now so i hope it works out well for mm-hmm. you and once again man thanks a lot for coming on the show no and thank you thank you for inviting me and also thank you for like it's this uh, uh, the reason i agreed to come on the show is you know i i got your very polite email and i looked looked up the show and i think the what you're doing you know you using your time to do something that you're passionate about i like i'm fully supportive of that i i want in fact one of the things i want to eventually do is like talk to people in law school and say hey you know law school is a great place to go into any career you want and that is i think something you're bringing out by talking to people like myself like the other people that you've talked to people you talk to in the future that it is it is a real as a as a career choice law is fantastic because you can go into one of you know hundreds of directions and everyone will say oh you went to law school wow that's great like i get that to this day so if you're someone in law school you're in the right place and you you know good luck to every good luck with everything thanks a lot for listening to the podcast i hope you enjoyed the interview with aditya nag i must once again sincerely thank him for agreeing to do this and i hope all of you will follow us on facebook and subscribe to us on itunes make sure to write to us on curiosec.com because those inputs always help us to improve the show 
and as always stay tuned for more and more episodes Thank you.